welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Kat today. I'm not with Liberty because unfortunately she's got poorly kids, so I'm going solo. Um, I'm really excited today because I am talking to the lovely Krisha Davies, who is the owner of Mama and Mia and Super Mama, which actually sounds amazing considering we just had International Women's Day. Hi, Krisha, how are you? Hi. Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So, actually, do you want to tell us a bit about your business? Because that is a super cool name. So, Mama and Mia is a website that sells products from other mums and sort of slash dads. Um, the name is Mia is my first daughter. So, the logo is a picture of her and I from a wedding that we went to. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so I started it out basically when I was on um, maternity leave with my second child. And it was about, you know, when you're up at 4am and you're doing feeds and yep. you're trying to stay awake, you're on your phone and you're on Instagram and all these things. And I found these all these amazing businesses of mums and other families that kind of you don't find everywhere and they make these great things. And I thought it would be a really nice thing to kind of support those families and try and support mine. And really kind of try and showcase and highlight them on a website. And that was where Mama and Mia came from. And so sort of going back to that, it was it's a lot to do with the sort of um, being a first-time mum and having a bit of anxiety, isn't it? Yeah, so basically I, um, with my second pregnancy, I kind of developed a really more severe anxiety than I'd had before. Um, and I wasn't sure I was going to be able to return back to work. So I kind of was trying to look for something that would mean that I could stay at home with my kids and fit the childcare around it, but also maybe try and support myself and my family without having to return to work. And I'd kind of always been in retail, so I always knew that I kind of wanted to do something, but wasn't really sure what or how. Um, and then luckily I had the support of my husband and my dad. So they kind of were like, yeah, you know, let's try this. Let's see what happens. Um, and it's been amazing just to kind of, really kind of promote other women and meet other women that are doing really creative things and kind of inspired me to kind of keep going and try and do something for myself as well. And it's great to show in front of my children as well that they can see me working hard and kind of building that work ethic in them as well. Yeah, it's great. And I bet your daughter loves it that her name's on the title of the business as well. Yeah, she does. And whenever she's home, sometimes if you order from her, she might notice that she'll sign the cards as well that get handwritten by me. So if she's at home and you've got a handwritten one, it's definitely done by her. She loves joining in. Um, and Lexi, the smaller one, is known in the um, post office when we drop the parcels on because she's always the one carrying all the boxes in despite, <laughs> <Bless> <laughs> despite them sometimes being bigger than her. Oh, that's so cute. So do you want to tell us a bit about your journey in terms of... You know, you worked in retail, um, but in terms of motherhood as well, because I think it's really important to sort of emphasize, you know, what, why you developed the product. And I know you've just briefly touched on it, but I think for other mums at the moment who perhaps are going through, uh, you know, they're brand new to motherhood, um, they're feeling a bit like, you know, like, you know, I remember thinking, God, I don't really want to tell that many people, but I feel rubbish. 
and I don't know if I'm being a good mum, you know, it's that kind of thing. Um, but but yeah. this is to specifically, you know, this was made with them in mind, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, with my first one, I think when you're a first time mum, everything is scary. Everything is new. You've got no idea. And I'd always wanted to be a mum. And I was so excited to be a mum. I was anxious throughout my whole pregnancy because I'd had a miscarriage before Mia. So I think I'd already been kind of set myself up for that nervousness about it, I suppose. But yeah, first time mum, everything is, is just new. And I kind of navigated myself through it really with the help of my mum, who was amazing. Um, and my husband's family were really good as well. But with my second one, I felt I think I felt like I should know everything because I'd done it before. And so I'd kind of almost put a bit of pressure on myself, I think, to say, well, you know, you've done this, you, you've smashed it, let's just do it again, it will all be fine. And it was completely different. The whole journey was different. And it really took me by surprise, I think. And luckily, I think I had a good support network of other mums who kind of said, like, we know it's not always the same each time and it's okay. But it really took me surprise, surprise. And I think it's something that we don't always talk about, that we kind of expect mums to have it, you know? We're meant to be able yeah. to do it. Well, we're meant to be it. able to do any, everything, aren't we? Yeah. And the second one was really difficult. I had, I had really bad anxiety, which... Where do you think that came from? Um, so basically, I've always suffered from panic attacks, um, and I'm quite an anxious person anyway. But when I was pregnant with Lexi, just before I went on maternity leave, I got stuck on the motorway for the day, which oh, is always gosh. helpful when you're heavily pregnant. Um, and that triggered off a really bad panic attack um, and gave me this anxiety of driving on the motorway, which I then thought had then triggered off a really bad anxiety attack a couple of weeks later which I'd never had before. I'd had panic attacks, but I'd never really had anxiety attacks. And all of a sudden, I understood how people said they suffered with anxiety because it was completely different. I just couldn't breathe. I was really hot and scared as well. It was really, really scary. And I thought that was down to being stuck on the motorway. What I actually think now was it was partly my body um, telling me that my second daughter was going to be born very quickly at home a lot earlier than we expected. Oh, God. I, I think actually in, a, in an amazing kind of way, I think it was my body telling me, like, don't go too far. Yeah, yeah. Don't leave home too far and don't allow yourself to be on your own too long. Um, but obviously at the time, I didn't know that. So I couldn't be on my own. My mum had to come and stay with me. Um, I have, so and, when you say you've had panic attacks before in your life, they weren't quite as this, like this. No. It was normally I knew what situations I would be in that would trigger them. And it was kind of just a case of I would, I mean, obviously they're horrible, but it was kind of like, you know, you'd feel sick a bit or I'd end up shaking or those sorts of things. But this was really, really surprising. And I, I totally got how people could say they suffered from anxiety. And so I think that's at the time, really sorry to interrupt, at the time, yeah. were you able to sort of speak to people were you feeling that you couldn't you know or were you embarrassed how did you feel uh, what did you do to try and get help so at the time my husband was with me when luckily when I had it and I actually went to the midwife to look for some help because I suddenly thought well this is very odd I've never had this before and I was kind of concerned really and the midwives you know they try their best but I think they kind of just put it down to pregnancy and mum nerves and everything's okay the baby's fine so therefore you're okay um and luckily for me because of having panic attacks before when I was younger I had a really good contact of a counsellor so I actually ended up booking in to see her 
and doing it on my own back um, because I already knew kind of that I had that contact already. So I did go and see her. Yeah. Um, about, but I thought it was obviously triggered by the motorway. So I had help. So I had the um, the eye rapid treatment, which is really good for me because it turns my panic attacks used to be triggered by events rather than kind of feelings. So, um, so, so what I was the eye rapid? Afternoon, but, what does that entail? So basically, oh, I can't. It's a, <laughs> I can't explain it exactly how she does it because all I could tell you was she moves her finger around and talks you through it. But it's basically meant to be desensitizing you to a situation that's happened. So it's quite good for where certain events have triggered off um, feelings. And obviously at the time that helped me with being stuck on the motorway because that was the traumatic experience yeah. that I thought had triggered this anxiety attack. And it did help because the week, the day I went into labour with Lexi, I'd actually driven back down to where I was working um, to go and do a bit of shopping <laughs> and was really proud of myself that I'd got there and that the treatment had worked and I was fine when I got there and everything. Um, and then that afternoon, I then started to feel really panicked and just needed to get home. And obviously now I know that was because I had obviously <laughs> was about to go into labour. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned as well, I hope you don't mind talking about it, that you'd suffered a miscarriage before you had your eldest daughter. Yeah. Um, do you think that also played a big part in your sort of anxieties? Yeah, so with my first pregnancy, I was literally anxious the whole way through. I didn't really tell people I was pregnant, even at work. I told a few, and then people just noticed because my bump was growing. Um, so I was really nervous, and even you should, I kind of just thought, if I can just get to the birth, then I'll be really happy, then I'll be fine. But then you get to the thought of, well, then there's the birth, and I've got to get through that, and then you have a baby, and you think, oh, I've got to keep this thing alive. And yeah. How do I do that? So it did really have an impact on me. And with my second, it really impacted me because I hadn't had a miscarriage before her. And I almost felt like I should have one because I'd had one before my first. And if I didn't have one with this one, well, then how was it definitely going to progress? Because I hadn't had a miscarriage before her, which is very odd, but that's how the brain works. I yeah, I guess you were trying to do the calculations in your mind, weren't you? Yeah, exactly. So then it made me really nervous that I hadn't had any issues and was I definitely going to get there? But um, yeah, it was a, it's just a really anxious thing. And it's, I think miscarriage now, we're a lot better at talking about it. But I remember at the time, I didn't want to tell people I'd had a miscarriage because I almost felt like it was my fault. It was my body that had had let me, let me down and had got rid of this, you know, I, to me it was a baby, but to other people, you know, the cliches all come out, don't you know, when people say you've had a miscarriage. But um, yeah, I really didn't want to tell people that I'd had one because I just felt like it was my fault, really. And did you seek help in trying to talk about that so that it really, so that you know that it really wasn't your fault? No, at the time I didn't because I think we ended up kind of, you just get back into work, don't you? I went back to work two days later and I hadn't really, ha I hadn't had a difficult miscarriage physically, just emotionally. I think I just kind of, I thought if I just keep going... <laughs> I'll be okay. And it's only now when you start talking to more mums, especially once I'd had my first and you suddenly make mum friends and you suddenly realise how common a miscarriage is, unfortunately. I think that was kind of my therapy because I suddenly realised that actually everybody kind of goes through something. You always meet people that have kind of gone through it and it and it is just a natural thing. It's nothing that I could have done any differently. No, definitely. I mean, and, you know, I think, like you say, again, a lot of women 
listening, you know, there's a few people who would have gone through it. Um, yeah. And, you know, and I think it is, you know, I've spoken to friends actually who've had miscarriages and, and emotionally you do suffer for a while because so many things go through your mind. And actually it's something that, you know, most people want a baby and it hasn't happened. But what would you say to them? Because, you know, how long did you leave it until you kind of tried again? Um, so I fell pregnant seven months afterwards because of the, well, not because of the miscarriage, but we once we realised that I was pregnant and we'd kind of started talking, we decided that we wanted to get married. So I actually found out I was pregnant just before, I think it was on my partner's stag do, I worked out that I was pregnant. Um, so I was actually nine weeks pregnant on our wedding day. Oh, wow. Gosh. <laughs> um, but again, that was really nerve-wracking. And so I totally understand why people get, you know, you get all these cliches when people, when you tell people that you've had a miscarriage, I think it's really difficult sometimes that people say, well, at least you could, you know, you can get pregnant. Or I think somebody else had said to me, oh, it's just like having a period, isn't it? We almost have a miscarriage every month. Yeah, it's not really what you want to hear, though, is no. it? So I think to other people, I would say, if you've never had a miscarriage, really think about what you say to people. It's very easy for us to try and make the situation better. But actually, do you know what? I really wanted someone just to give me a hug and go, I'm so sorry. I can't make it better. Yeah. But I'm here for you. And I had a few, and I did have people that did that with me. But I think that's really important that if you haven't had a miscarriage, it's really important just to say, I'm here. I can't, I can't make it better, but I am here for you. And for those that have had a miscarriage, it, no matter what time within that pregnancy schedule you have that miscarriage, it's always horrible. Because in your head, as soon as you see that little line, you've planned that person's future and your future, and all of a sudden that gets taken away. So yeah, and also just, I think... to allow yourself time, I think. Exactly. And I think also, you know, like, you don't want somebody to give you an explanation, do you? You know, and it's... People are being kind, but at the same time, it's just... Like you say, just, you know, hugs are enough, actually. Yeah. You know, um, you don't need to, you know, you, we're all, you kind of know, but you just need somebody to be there because I think like most things, um, it's not really till you go through something that you can truly understand how it feels, for, you know, or relate exactly. to how it feels to somebody. Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. So, talking about motherhood now and your business, how, how is it all going? It's going really well. So I've just launched Supermama, and this is like my third child. It's um, something that I've really wanted to do for such a long time because of suffering with anxiety and then discovering that there was such a thing as postnatal anxiety, which I didn't actually find out about until probably a year after I'd had um, my second child. And it was something where I really wanted to do something to help other people and also help myself. Um, so I've just launched it and I'm so excited because it, it is just a real personal thing for me. So it's all about celebrating motherhood and positivity within that and also giving little tools for people to help them through whether you get stressed because you're having a really rough day with them or you do have postnatal anxiety or anything like that. 
So each jumper has a little square on it that you can squeeze. And this was my tool when I'm having an anxious or a panic attack is about grounding yourself. And, and um, not... oh, sorry, carry on. <laughs> no, no, go on. And I, what feedback have you got from customers so far? Yeah, so everyone loves it. And I think it's really nice that it's something, it's something that isn't spoken about. And actually from doing it, so many people have said, oh, I had postnatal anxiety or I totally get that. And I, it's something that I had never come across. I think we're all quite used to seeing things about postnatal depression. And sometimes it can be linked to that. Um, but postnatal anxiety, I had never heard of. And so all of a sudden, I'm suddenly getting all these stories of women. And suddenly I realized that actually I wasn't alone. And I kind of wish now I'd got help at the time. But I didn't because I had never heard of it. I didn't know that such a thing existed, but it totally made sense once I realised that it was there. Yeah, and I think uh, the thing with the anxiety side of it is, is that, um, I, like you, when I've spoken to friends, actually, um, and when we talk about, because my children are, you know, like eight, or well, it's going to be nine tomorrow, actually, and 11. <laughs> um, and it seems like ages ago that I went through, you know, the baby days, but when I think about it, I think you're trying to be so strong, aren't you? You're trying to be everything. And actually, you don't want to drop any balls because you don't want people to think you're a failure in anything. But actually, you have to learn to fail in these things, don't you? That's how you learn. Yeah, exactly. And like I said before, because I was a second-time mum, I felt like I knew what I was doing. And I felt like I should have felt the first time, and I didn't at all. It was really difficult. And I almost feel guilty for saying it because... I. I feel like I don't want to ever say that I didn't enjoy it because there was, I obviously did and I had this amazing new child and I had this new family like new family concept and everything but it was really really hard and scary and you know there were certain days where I just wanted to just have someone come in and, and go it's fine I can take all these feelings away and you can go back to normal and that didn't happen and it was really hard to deal with at the time and now I wish I'd probably spoken out a bit more. I'm not very good at... I'm very good at saying I have anxiety or after the event saying this is how I felt. But at the time when it's going on, I'm quite um, insular about it. I kind of keep it to myself. And but you want to me. tell other people, look, don't do that. Yeah, exactly. Now I totally see that I really did need to have more help, I think, at the time but you're kind of going through the motions you've got a new baby you have you're not having any sleep I had another child that you know I wanted to make sure felt included and had you know as equal amount of my time as I could give her um it, there was a lot of things going on that when you're a mum you just kind of go I'm just going to get up do the day and get some sleep when I can and it will all be fine um but I think now yeah I think I should have spoken out a bit more about exactly how bad I was feeling at the time yeah and that's good advice for um you know mums who are just starting out now and slightly feeling overwhelmed by um you know having a baby um you know that really is kind of what we're trying to say to them is you know don't don't try and tackle anything on your own because there are people yeah, out there to help you there's great things now you know like when I when I had my first I was so lucky that I had done pregnancy yoga and met some great mums who are still my rocks now but I think now there are online 
you know, forums and online places that you can go and meet mum. So if you can't get out of the house or you have, you're not sure if you want to go to a baby class or whatever, there are other places that you can make those connections. And I think it's so important, especially when you're up at 2am and you haven't had any sleep and you just want someone to message to say, I need help or... Is this, is this meant to be happening? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing something else? You need that connection. So I'd say to any new mum, reach out, whether it's somebody you can do a face-to-face connection with by going to classes, or if not, go online and look at, you know, there's things like Peanut and all of those, that you can make those connections with people so that you have got a bit of a network of other mums that are going through the thing at the same time as you. Yeah, that's really good advice. So talking about like more kind of big influences in your life, um, yoga is a big thing in your life, isn't it? Yeah, and it shocked me, if I'm being really honest. When I did my first pregnancy yoga class with my first child, I was a bit like, oh, I'm not really sure. But I did really enjoy it. And using the practices from that and hypnobirthing really got me through my first labour. But it was only with my second pregnancy when I went back to it that, yeah, my yoga teacher really was my rock she taught me you know a lot of breathing techniques and I would message her when I was having really bad days to say what can I do to try and help this and I really fell in love with yoga because I realized how much it helped my mind a lot of the um, mindfulness tools that you got from it yeah exactly and just that that hour that I did with her once a week gave me that chance to take time out for me and really clear my mind and just relax Um, before I kind of carried on with the rest of my week so as soon as I could after my second one I went back to doing yoga and now it's something that I try and kind of do a little bit of it each day but it does take time and it does take practice and now I know if I've been up during the night and I can't get back to sleep I can do some of those breathing techniques and it does help me then relax and get back to sleep because my brain now is used to it yeah um also in terms of what would you you know like in terms of people aren't doing things like you know like you don't have to go to like you're saying groups are really good to do aren't they like yoga you didn't talk about the problem but you focused on making yourself feeling calm with the breathing you know so that's probably a good place that where people could start isn't it yeah and there's loads i mean even if you don't want to get to a class there's loads of yoga ones that you can find online there's a great one called cosmic kids that my little girl had been doing at school and so we that sounds interesting yeah they base it around different kids stories but we now try and do that once a week and so i kind of do it with her so although it's probably not the same experience i would get from going into a yoga class it's something that a we do together but also get to do a little bit of yoga um, at the same time so there's loads of resources online now that you can watch on youtube and things like that so even if you can't get out, it's a really nice thing. But again, as your podcast title says, it's not for everyone. And there are lots of other ways that you can find yeah. something that helps. And it, and I do lots of different things, even with my counselling. I've had different counsellors that use different techniques that have helped me in different ways. Yeah, so that was really interesting because um, you said you used three kind of different counsellors, didn't you? Yeah. So I had the first one, which obviously was using the um, cognitive behavioural therapy. I had another one where I literally just talked to her. I saw her quite a lot, and every week we just picked a different subject, and I literally just talked it all out, and that really helped me. And it was something that I didn't really want to do, but once I did it, I realised that actually it just cleared my head because sometimes you can be fine on the outside, but actually it's all the thoughts that are going through your head. They build up and build up and kind of just fog you almost. So being able to talk through one subject every week meant that I could talk it out. We could talk about it together and I could reprocess it 
and it just took that pressure off me and slowly it kind of released all these inner thoughts that I had and definitely helped and the third one used more kind of talked through this almost like the science behind different emotions that we have um, building in the yoga and the mindfulness in it and that really helped to kind of make me understand my anxiety and why I was getting anxiety because I have a logical side to it that understands the logic behind it and I almost find that more frustrating because I understand the logic but then you've got emotional part that's the brain which is more powerful isn't yeah, it it overtakes yeah. everything um, so it was a way of kind of almost putting everything together and, and really kind of trying to look at the triggers and and what that emotion is and why we have it and how we feel about it to kind of reprocess it. Yeah, that's great, actually, because I think even for myself, I um, have had to sort of, you know, and I work with a lot of experts, uh, wellness experts, and I've had to sort of find my three things that work for me as well. Um, you know, and there are so many things out there at the moment, but I think with in terms of you've got to find the right things for yourself. Um, yeah. And it might take a bit of looking, but like I, I like what you're saying about your three because they're, they're hitting sort of three different levels of what you need to work on. They're not like all activating the same thing. You know, you've got something for your mind. You've got something to help you feel calm. You know, all of these things, you know, something to help move your body to feel calm as well. Um, yeah, exactly. And I think it's a really important thing for anybody who's never really gone for counselling or anything like that. I think we all have a general perception that it's where you sit in a room across the room from somebody with a clipboard almost and you talk about your problems and they'll talk it back to you and I think we can sometimes get almost a bit fearful of what that's going to be like so I think it's really important for people to realize that there are lots of different types of counseling and nothing will be as straightforward you know you can sometimes meet a counselor and, and if you don't feel comfortable with them or if you don't feel you have a connection with them then go and try and find a different one or find a different technique that might work for you don't expect that one counsellor to be that that's it you've got to sit with them and they're going to fix your problems I think you've got to be open to the fact of trying different people or trying different techniques and and it might be like I found just a mixture of things and different things at different times of of your life when you need different you know like we need different foods or different clothes it's that sort of thing it's about finding that kind of wardrobe almost of mindfulness that you can pick out when you need to yeah exactly and I think you know, and also just, you know, don't limit yourself if you feel like let down by that counsel didn't work for me, you know, um, like you're saying, you know, because I think some people tend to go, well, that didn't work. I tried counselling, but it's like, yes. well, no, it just didn't work with that person. But you you will find somebody or some kind of technique that it will work with. Um, and I think that's really important to say, because I do think people tend to limit themselves sometimes and shut down if it didn't go right the first time. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's really, yeah, it's a really good point. I think it's just about building yourself up with that armory of techniques that you can pick on when and when you need them and, you know, finding new ways of doing things and new ways of finding calm within yourself. Um, and yeah, counselling is, is a really great tool, but I think it's one of those, like you said, you've just got to go with it as an open mind and go, okay, this one didn't work, so let's try something else. I love the way actually you have mentioned just going previously back that um, you got really good support um, from your family, your husband and your mum. You know, just on talking about that, you know, like, any advice on how, you know, like if you are kind of helping people with anxiety, you know, like and just for people to sort of if they think, oh, I don't want to disturb my husband or you know, my mum's got a lot on or something, you know, it's really okay to start there some of the time, you know, if you're really close to your family as well, because they do want to know about it, don't they? 
Yeah, and I think for my husband and even I think for a lot of my family, they don't necessarily understand it. They don't understand why certain situations will make me feel the way they do. But it's about accepting that you probably don't understand it and everybody's brain is different and the brain is powerful and therefore it can overshadow the logic side of it. I completely understand the logic behind my anxiety. It doesn't mean I can control it. So I think for anybody who's on the other side, just allow that person the time to be able to talk to you about it and don't, again, like we were saying with the miscarriage, try and fix it or make it better. Just allow them to talk because talking about it really helps. It allows your brain to process it. It allows you to declutter and get that tension or that thought out of your head. And it also gives you that reassurance that somebody is there. And just be open to listening to them and talking it through with them without judgment. So, you know, allow them to talk that that fear or that process through. And it really helps them to kind of clear their head of it and get through it. Yeah, Um, just be there for them. You know, again, it's like, if you don't understand, you know, they, they won't, they might not understand it, but don't try and change them because that isn't going to work either, is it? It's just because when it's about you, um, you, as long as you know what's going on, just look for the sort of the support that you need in terms of an emotional hug or something, I guess. Yeah. And my dad is, I mean, my dad is my go-to when I'm having a panic attack about something and he totally doesn't understand why I have them or what it is, but he's, he is my go-to and he knows how to talk me through it. Um, and to calm me down I think because he's got quite a logical brain so he kind of puts that logic back into my head when my emotion or my feelings have been taken over so if you've got that one person or a few people that you know you can just ring or talk to it's really good but yeah I try and I'm trying really hard it's a really difficult thing for me to do but I'm trying really hard to say especially to my husband I'm feeling really anxious at the moment I can't explain why or what it is but this is how I'm feeling and it's it's a really hard thing for me to do and afterwards if I've felt anxious the day before he's like I wish you had just told me and I'm like I know I know but at the time I just it's just the way I am I think it's I think when emotions overtake you sometimes it kind of it kind of makes you insular so I'm trying really hard to talk about it but yeah try and if you're that person on the other side just allow them that time to breathe and to talk to you and just be that logic but without the judgment so if they are in the middle of a panic or an anxiety attack you know keep focusing them on their breathing or grounding themselves you know if you've got family members that live with you then try and teach them the techniques as well because then when you are overtaken by something they can be the ones to kind of sit there and and talk you back through it a bit like you know your other half might help you through the breathing of labor (laughs) yeah exactly it's the same sort of thing so teach them the techniques so that when you can't think straight they can be the ones to be your logic and say right let's stop let's breathe this is your breathing this is how we do it or you know, let's do something to ground yourself and so that they've got the tools as well to help you, which again will will empower them to be able to deal with it as well. Yeah, exactly. Now that's really good advice. So um, I think we've kind of covered your tips, but what would you like to say just to sort of give tips for somebody who's listening today and they can, you know, after listening to us, they can sort of go off and do something. What would you be your take-home tip? I would say... Breathing is a really big one. So go and kind of Google or find a yoga class or anything like that and look at the breathing techniques. They really, really help me because it's my breathing that always goes when I'm feeling anxious. And yeah, kind of just be open-minded. So don't have a perception of what you think something might be because I think you'll never know how it's going to 
impact you. It might really be really helpful. It might not. But don't be discouraged if it doesn't work. Go ahead and try something else. And kind of arm yourself with different tools. So don't just think, I have to just have counselling or I have to do this one thing. I think there's lots of different things. There's more things coming out at the moment, you know, with gut health and all those sorts of things as well. So just kind of really be open to trying new things and trying to build that armoury that you can use as and when you need it. Yeah, that's really great advice. Um, Krisha, it's been so lovely talking to you today. Can you tell us where we might find you and a bit more of how we can find Mama and Mia and Super Mama? So, yep, so Mama and Mia is on Instagram, so you can find us at, at Mama and Mia. The website is www.mamaandmia.co.uk. Um, and Super Mama is www.supermama, so it's M-U-M-M-A.co.uk. And the Super Mama ones are a really, they're a really great jumper to have because they've got the different words on there so if you are feeling anxious or stressed they're a great one because when you catch yourself in the mirror you can see the I've got breathe on at the moment um to kind of remind me and like I said they've got the squeeze squares on them so again if you're feeling stressed or you're feeling frustrated you can use those to ground yourself um I kind of hold on to it and do my breathing with it to kind of keep me grounded so they're a really great tool if you are what are someone like me who doesn't vocalize when they're feeling anxious at that moment that was why I designed them because it was something for me that I could do without anybody noticing so yeah so there's lots of places to find us and it'd be great to meet everybody get in touch if you've got stories or anything you know I love talking to other mums and learning from other yeah. people um, you've given us some really great and thank you for being so honest about it all I think you know I really appreciate that I think because as you say um, it can take people a while to sort of get to that point but you know today we've heard a lot from you which has been just so helpful and I think you it will really be helpful to other people who've experienced something similar in their life so thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today it's been so lovely to talk to you oh, um, thank you for having me oh uh, you're great. welcome and um we will um hopefully speak to you again soon well thank you so much take care bye bye Thank you.